Setting boundaries can definitely come at a cost. You know, it, it's it's sometimes a very hard thing to do. And it's easier to go along with unhealthy ways and at least we know the outcome. At least we know, okay, fine, I'll still have this relationship. Um, mm. You know, so certainly we we would experience loss, but then that's not all we'd experience. We, we suddenly experience a lot of gain. Suddenly it's like our whole being lights up and we realize, oh, my word, all along I have had worth. All along I actually have power within me and I don't need to be doing all of these things in order to feel better in order to have relationships because maybe those aren't the type of relationships you actually want Mm. welcome back to inside your head the podcast where we discuss anything and everything related to your mental health and well-being i'm your host christal root clinical psychologist and founder of sac central south africa today i'm going to be having a chat to shelly bernard who's a counseling psychologist at sac central ravonia I'm really excited to chat to Shelley because Shelley really has a vast amount of experience and knowledge in the field of psychology as number one she's been practicing more than 15 years in the field but also she really has a lot of variety in her experience from working as a, a therapist in the private practice to being a, a supervisor for intern psychologists to working at a sexual health clinic at WITS um, at a children's home she's really done her rounds and she's seen a lot of different things a lot of different people. Shelley works mainly with adult individuals and couples and she really has a holistic approach to therapy where she's always considering the broader context and environment that a person finds himself in. This means that she she doesn't necessarily only look at the person in isolation but she really focuses on their relationships and how they interact with their environment and that's why we decided today to talk about boundaries. I think that Shelley is going to give us some real good insight in terms of what this really means for us um, and what it looks like in our lives and not just look at boundaries from an academic point of view. If you want to know more about Shelley and Sac Central and the services that we offer, you can visit the, our website on saccentral.co.za or you can follow us on your preferred social media platform where our handle is Psych Central South Africa. That's for TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. No, it's fine. I'm checking now. I'm thinking, did I record everything everywhere? Oh, I'm sorry, Shelley. No, it's fine. That's fine. Okay. Are you feeling comfortable? Yes, I'm fine. Okay. Okay, <laughs> cool. All right. Yeah. Sorry. So let's... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm okay. like, shit, that was such a good, uh, like, just a uh, casual intro, and now it feels like it's a... I thought you yes. started already, yeah. so thought, okay, you, you know... Yeah, yeah, it was nice and casual, okay, but okay. now, okay, right, now, no, now we're starting again. Okay. okay. So, Shelly, I'm, I'm really excited to chat about boundaries today. I think that it's something that's so relevant, and it's this new buzzword you hear people talking about. I realize that I need more boundaries. I realize how other people don't have boundaries. I think a lot of people look at their families and they see how there's a lack of boundaries or like there's too much boundaries. Boundaries are really something that people are aware of. Mm -hmm. Yet it's something that we struggle with so much. So when you think of boundaries, what's the first thing that comes to mind? So the first thing that comes to mind is boundaries in relationships. 
So, so that is sort of easier to think of. It's easy to think, okay, here's one person, here's another person, and there's a boundary between them. Mm. So that, that is what I, I initially thought of in terms of boundaries. But, but I've come to realize as I've explored the topic a little bit more that, that there's, they're much deeper than that. Ba- boundaries are actually a very, very deep thing. And one can't actually have a boundary without going inside of oneself to find out who you are. Where do you begin? Where do you end? Only then can you know where another person can encounter you is where you end. So you have to really know who you are and start from from the place of actually your core, the place of your essence. But so boundaries are basically what defines us. It's what makes you who you are. Absolutely. Boundaries, exactly. Because as we are born into this world, um, you know, in, in, in all the various forms that we are, um, you know, we, we're physical, we're spiritual, we have a soul, if that is what you believe, then we are like an entity. So, so we, we exist as a being, which actually means then we have a boundary. We, we don't just flow into the universe. We, we are a thing. So it is learning who we are then that will help us set a boundary because then it comes from a very inner place. It comes from a very real place. But so obviously boundaries seem to be a complex thing, Shelley. It's something that that's in relationships. It's something that's there in, in various aspects of our lives. Why do you think is it so hard for us to set boundaries? Or what are things that, that possibly yeah. can influence that? So, so look, it's, it's sometimes very hard to set boundaries because I, I think sometimes we, we don't even know that we can set boundaries. Sometimes we don't even know that there are boundaries. We get confused. We have belief systems that don't incorporate being able to say no. We might have belief systems that feel that uh, we, we have to give all the time. We might also be very compassionate people, sometimes very compassionate people, very sensitive people, empaths. They find it hard to set boundaries because they can literally feel how the other person is feeling and they might feel bad. But so uh, I, I'm, I'm thinking of like literally a million questions, I think, about this. And, and maybe one of them is, well, let's start with, what happens when people don't set boundaries? What does that look like typically? Mm. So let's just say somebody um, has gone through a lifetime or a period of time of not setting boundaries. So, so firstly, we know that is actually that cannot be healthy. So it's not healthy to have boundaries. Um, well, let's say it's not healthy to have healthy boundaries. You you can also get unhealthy boundaries, but we'll get into that. Mm. But let's just say someone doesn't have healthy boundaries, then it's very difficult for them to, let's just say, have energy. Maybe they're losing their energy. Maybe they're feeling anxious all the time. Maybe they start to feel depressed. They might feel burnt out. Then there's a whole domino effect. Um, They might start to feel resentful. They might feel angry. Um, They might not want to engage with the world. So this is what it looks like when someone doesn't have boundaries. They they are not themselves. 
It's, I think it's so significant and I, I'm thinking about it now for the very first time in our, our previous discussion. I think it's something that kind of was a bit of a light bulb moment for me where I think when I think about boundaries and I think it's something that I often discuss with so many of my clients. So mm. obviously it comes up in various contexts with various um, presentations, but you often focus so much on if someone's experiencing relationship difficulties boundaries are something that will be a topic to discuss. Mm. But for example, when you mentioned in our previous discussion, someone that's got anxiety can mm. also struggle with boundaries. It sounds so obvious when you say it, but but I kind of thought to myself, wow, I, I think that there's a lot of people that's struggling with boundaries, but or that's struggling with anxiety that doesn't necessarily recognize I actually have issues with boundaries. So they keep on working on the on the anxiety and focusing on ways to deal with the anxiety, but not necessarily realizing actually this really can't change for me unless I start thinking about my boundaries. And that might be even with um, like depression where you're feeling quite, well, people are making me feel like I'm useless because they just use me. That's something that a lot of people might experience or, um, and that kind of can grow and become something that, that you feel is a part of your self-worth and, like it can have this whole domino effect. Again, not realizing I'm depressed because I don't have boundaries. So boundaries are really almost like this this little golden thread that's just a part of everything. Absolutely. Boundaries are, are the golden thread mm -hmm. because they are who we are. And that's where we start. So so they they very very much at the core of us. They they like the the structure from which everything else is built. So if they are faulty, then we cannot have anything securely placed on them. Everything will flow from that. So, so they are very significant. And often we, we see the end product of a lack of boundaries and we don't realize that at least some aspect of the problem is a lack of boundaries. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's definitely not always the only problem or only mm. factor. But so let's say, Shelley, I'm struggling with, with boundaries. I realize I don't have boundaries. I'm feeling burnt out because I feel like I can't ever say no. I need to just always be available. That's kind of a part of, a part of as we said, it's such a part of who you are. It's part of your identity. How do people start thinking about changing their boundaries or setting boundaries like I know we said it's not there's not a recipe but from your thinking how how do we work on boundaries so so sometimes it's something we can work on ourselves um sometimes it's something we need help with in in which case you know therapy can be a good place to to look at this because Maybe there's a lot of unpacking that needs to be done to, to realize that boundaries are part of the problem. Maybe we can see, all right, fine, um, I do have some problems with boundaries. Then we can read books. There's there are lots of Instagram accounts. There, there are lots of books about it. But sometimes it's really hard to change mm. because it, it, it's so fundamental to who we are and that's how we know to interact in some instances, we get our self-worth, which is not real worth, but we feel we are getting self-worth through pleasing people, 
through helping people, through going the extra mile. And that becomes part of our identity. And we don't know how to switch that off. We don't know how to get our esteem in alternative ways. So we keep doing more of the same and then we get depleted. So I definitely think um, we can look at the end product of having no boundaries and work back from that, um, which, like we said, could be anxiety or depression. It could be burnout. It could be resentment. So many things like that. Um, it could be overwork. It could be perfectionism. Many, many things can show us um, if we're becoming quite compelled or obsessive about things and needing to control things, that maybe we need to set boundaries. But it's very hard to, to actually settle on that. Like, okay, that's the problem. We will really need to unpack it. Mm. Yeah, and I, I guess that it, it often takes really a long time for people to get there. It's not the initial presenting problem. I'm coming because I struggle with boundaries. It's something that, that they come to realize as they unpack and explore. Um, and maybe there's a lot of people that's also aware. I think though that it's so important to just kind of really understand that it, it forms part of your identity. And so when you set boundaries, the goal is that it should be in your favor um, if we can call it that, or it should be something that benefits you in whatever way. But then at the same time, it's also maybe a loss for people to set boundaries. Because when I set a boundary, I have to also lose a part of myself or potentially maybe lose some relationships. Like it, it comes at a cost. Yes, <clears throat> setting boundaries can definitely come at a cost. You know, it, it's it's sometimes a very hard thing to do. And it's easier to go along with unhealthy ways and at least we know the outcome. At least we know, okay, fine, I'll still have this relationship. Um, mm. You know, so certainly we, we would experience loss, but then that's not all we'd experience. We, we suddenly experience a lot of gain. Suddenly it's like our whole being lights up and we realize, oh, my word, all along, I have had worth. All along, I actually have power within me. And I don't need to be doing all of these things in order to feel better, in order to have relationships. Because maybe those aren't the type of relationships you actually want. Mm. You, you mentioned earlier, I wanted to ask you about that, um, just what your thoughts are when you said, I think you were referring to people pleasers and then, or people pleasing people and then you said but that's not a true form of self-worth tell me more about what what you what you think when you say that Shelley because that's powerful so so my understanding of worth is that we are born with it so so we're actually born with boundaries we're born with worth we're born with power and these things get obscured very very often in our upbringing so let's just say we, we have the upbringing we should and everything works out um, as best as it can. We feel good. We feel loved. We feel worthy. And that worth and that love is not based on our behavior or on what we do. It's completely intrinsic to us. But let's say in other instances we 
are in a particular situation. Uh, we, we're young, we're reliant on our caregivers, and our environment is unpredictable. It's chaotic, it's frightening. So we need to understand that as, as little beings, we rely on others for safety. So we rely on others to survive. And our brain very, very quickly learns what we need to do to survive. So our brains might learn that we basically need to please people Mm -hmm. to survive. We might need to not say no. We might learn that if we are disrespected, we get to live another day. So this is on a very deep survival level. And we might, even not, we might not even have recollections of this. Mm. But it might really not feel safe to say no. It might not feel safe to have our own wants and needs. And then as we grow up, we take this with us. And then when we do say no, we feel guilty. We feel bad. We feel like we are being bad people. And we have become very accustomed to people-pleasing. And then that is the way that we learned to to get loved, to feel loved. And that's what we continue to do. So that's why we need to really work through that and realize that actually in the here and now, as adults, we can say no. We don't need to please for love. And that true worth cannot come in that form. Mm. That that seems so complex, though. Like it's it's such a deeply rooted way of being. Um, and and I can imagine that it's so hard for people to change that, to even think about it. That it feels just overwhelming. Um, and so I think that a lot of people kind of jump on this train that I'm going to set better boundaries. And then when it comes to the part where you actually need to practice that or maintain those boundaries, then it becomes harder because like it's literally every single day it's a new challenge with new like you can't prepare for all of the possible circumstances or scenarios where you need to set boundaries and every time it's it's about you having like a change in the way that you think about it so that it becomes something that you kind of automatically do just as you've been automatically pleasing other people yeah, exactly. I mean, that's how change happens. It's not overnight. It's one experience at a time. And it doesn't have to be completely successful every time because we can only go intolerable steps. Um, otherwise, if we, if we go too fast and go too quickly, we'll frighten ourselves and then we'll jump back and go back to our old ways. So it has to be tolerable and it's a little bit of trial and error, a little bit of back and forth. Um, it's not a perfect thing and that's why it's good to sometimes start small start small start in a quite in in quite a concrete way and really start from a place where you truly believe you can do it like you you truly believe I have a right to say no I have a right to set a boundary I have a right to my own needs I am allowed to have my own feelings I am allowed to decide who I want in my life. I'm allowed to decide how I want to be treated. And when you start to realize that, you know, then the boundaries almost set themselves. Then it's actually, there's no going back 
because the more empowered you become, it's actually an it's a power from within. So so you really are experiencing a power. Then it's very hard to accept being disempowered again. But it's about awareness because then should it happen that you are disempowered again, you go back to the drawing board, you process it, you realize what you went through, um, and then you try again. And some situations might be more difficult than others. It's, it's easier to set boundaries with certain people than with other people. But it, it's hard not to set them when you've learned how much better they actually are for you. Mm, so it's kind of like once you've seen it, you can't unsee it. Absolutely. Yeah, once you've experienced yeah. it, you, you can't go back. Yeah, yeah. Shelly, it, it, it's so... Um, as like I keep on saying it's so deeply rooted, but I think I'm just also really thinking about like this starts when we're really young. Mm. And I, I think that there's some obvious situations like when you when you experience some trauma, when you are raised in an uh, abusive household where there's um, like no regard for your boundaries and, and for you as a human being that's also experiencing things like that's kind of like the obvious things where we learn to develop bad habits around boundaries. But I'm wondering, like, what else contributes to people not having good boundaries? In a relatively, if I can say normal, what, what we would consider, this is not a harmful situation for someone. Yeah, so, so sometimes uh, it's the role models we have, all right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, what comes to mind sometimes for me um, is a society per se, um, patriarchy, the way, let's say, for example, women are meant to be. So, so perhaps in certain families, there's kind of like a power dynamic. There's sort of a pecking order. So we, especially if we are women, we learn perhaps um, through role models that you have to behave in a certain way. You cannot be assertive. You must be compliant. So society itself is exerting a pressure on certain people. There, there, there's a wider context um, of, of power dynamics happening. So, so that, uh, that is an influence for us as well. But, but also basic, um, let's just say basic encounters when we're young. So families might say to kids, oh, there's auntie so-and-so or uncle so-and-so, go and give them a hug. Kids might not be that keen and parents insist because they feel it's polite. They might not have thought it through. They might not really understand. But at that point, kids learn then, okay, I must override a very deep feeling in me to please another and then all's well, all's well within the family. So so things like that can actually have mm. an effect. Mm. As you were speaking, mm. um. What can setting boundaries look like other than saying no? Because when we think about boundaries, it's often about I have to say no to this or I have to tell this person that I can't. Do. Like it's a verbal expression. Mm, mm. But then I'm wondering what else it might entail. Because I think what made me think mm, of this mm. was when you mentioned when we think about our boundaries, it's I'm allowed to feel the way that I feel. I'm allowed to think the thoughts that I that I'm thinking and that that that's not necessarily just 
you saying no to other people. Yeah. Like it's such an internal thing that happens even before you act or behave differently in your environment. So what's your thoughts on what, what it can mm. look like potentially for people to set boundaries? Mm. So, so when we think of, of, let's just say, saying no, we, by saying, let's just say we are saying no, by saying no to someone, but we, we're also saying yes to something else. So mm. if we say no to this, it means we are saying yes to this. So we say, no, I can't do that. It means I'm saying yes to myself that I have more time. So we don't necessarily have to frame it in just the no. It can be framed as in, you know, this is what I'm doing that's also beneficial for me. This is what I'm doing that is positive for me. And sometimes saying yes is also a boundary. Wow, that's that's such a good way to look at it. Yeah, we, we really have to flip it on its head mm. to, to actually look at it that way. And boundaries are also, they, they're not just between us and other people. They, they're boundaries are between us and ourselves as well. So we also have boundaries. So, so what can that look like? So it can look like self-care. So we always say, you know, take mm. care of yourself. But sometimes we need boundaries to be able to do that. We need to be able to actually really tune into ourselves. We need to tune in and to, to actually say, how am I feeling? How's my body feeling? Am I ready to do this? And give ourselves permission to sleep when we need to sleep, eat when we need to eat, cry when we need to cry. And in, in a sense, that's a boundary too. And that is a healthy boundary. So a healthy boundary, boundaries are porous. So boundaries aren't just keeping things out. Boundaries are also there to let things in. So sometimes boundaries can be too rigid. We keep everything out, including connection. We don't want that. Or boundaries can be too porous or too flexible. And there's such a flow, we don't know whether we're coming or going. So, so we, want, we want to have them just right. And how do we know what's just right? It depends on what feels just right. It depends on what is just right for us when we actually check in with ourselves and say, how am I doing? Am I feeling okay? Am I feeling well? Am I forcing myself to do something when I'm not feeling well? So that, in a sense, is mm. yeah, is another way to look at it. I think, like, if I even think about things like um, just family dynamics, maybe setting boundaries looks like <clears throat> sorry, maybe setting boundaries looks like you um, not jumping in to facilitate when there's an argument, mm. and so it's not you having to say something; it's just you not doing something. But I love the way that you've said it now that. It's about reframing it in terms of you saying yes to something. It, it reminded me of this, um, this quote from Renee Brown that I read once. Like, it's definitely, I'm not quoting it verbatim, but she, it basically came down to her saying, um, compassionate people set boundaries. And they set boundaries so that when they say yes, they really mean it. And when they say no, they also mean it. And that keeps them from becoming resentful. Mm. And and I think it's so, we have this idea, like if you're compassionate, you, you just never say no. Mm. And if you're caring, you would always be available. Mm. And there's these narratives that we have about what it means to be a good person, where we kind of like, we all need to be Mother Teresa. And I often wonder mm. about her, actually, like, <laughs> it sounds strange, but I wonder, like, how how it, how it must have been that experience of just almost never 
thinking of yourself. Mm. And I don't know if that's always mm. that healthy or if it should be mm. admirable. Absolutely. You know, I think we, we've sometimes got a skewed idea of, of what it means to be kind and to care for others. And, and in fact, it's, it's almost a paradox because the more compassionate we are, the more boundaried we have to be. Otherwise, we, we mm. run out. We, we, then we have nothing left to give. And then paradoxically, that is selfish. So, so you know, being boundaried means being balanced mm. because we, we have limited energy. We have limited time. And it means using it resourcefully. Let's let's look at the other side of it, um, where people are constantly breaking your boundaries or overstepping your boundaries. Why do people do that? Do you think? Yeah, that's a very very interesting question. Where does the boundary breaking? <laughs> like, I don't expect you to have like yeah. an answer. I'm just yeah. thinking, like, where does it yeah, come from that people constantly? feel like it's okay to break your boundaries. Yeah, well, you know, th those people are also coming from their being places. Mm. So so wherever their being is, it's led them to that place. But but generally speaking in a relationship it's a dynamic. So so we we might be giving signals that we can accommodate all of these boundary violations or that there are no consequences or we don't mean what we say. And then we are reinforcing people breaking our boundaries. Mm. Mm. But so it, it comes back to how you communicate it and, mm. and how you mm. sustain your boundaries, if we can call it that. Yeah, I mean, boundaries, you know, when, when we set a boundary, it's not just a verbal thing. That, that's just the first phase. So, so pre-setting the boundary, um, we, we do all the work within ourselves. We, we figure out what's going on, what we need. We plan what we are going to say. And it's probably best um, to do it in an assertive way, not a passive-aggressive way, not a passive way, not an aggressive way, not, you know. <laughs> so not <laughs> passive or aggressive or passive-aggressive, neither one of None the three. None of the above, no. Just a good assertive where we, you know, we, we don't have to over-explain. We don't have to answer questions. We really don't need to. We don't need to, to be defensive. So setting the boundary verbally is the first step. But really and truly, like with everything else, we've got to back it up with action. Hmm. That's really where, where um, you know, it, it, it comes into its own. Because generally people will push back. They like things the way they were. You know, it was it was good. It was good when uh, when we had no boundaries um, for them, possibly. I mean, at the end of the day, we know it's not necessarily good, but they might have felt that it was beneficial for them. So people will push back. They might become defensive. They might become aggressive. They might become argumentative. They might, you know, give you the silent treatment. But we have to be prepared for this. It's not just a matter of we state a boundary once and, and then it's done. We have to be prepared. We might need to restate it. We need to be very clear. We need to be very, very firm in how we do it. And we need to keep it very simple. Hmm. I think that that last part is so important to keep it simple. Hmm. And and I think that that's maybe the the danger with, um, and I'm, I'm so careful to not sound like I'm just 
advocating for people to go to therapy because I think that there's a lot of other ways that mm. you can work on it as well. But I think that's what's so helpful about having an objective party where you can discuss these things and really understand it. Because if I'm always so concerned with kind of like just jumping into all of the self-help stuff and then feeling like I need to just do all of this, they're not starting small and actually starting with the big things mm -hmm. because that's what everyone's talking about and that's what's used as examples. And then that backfires yeah. so badly. And then the message that you get is, well, I should not have set mm -hmm. boundaries and I'm not going to continue to set boundaries. Mm -hmm. And so it needs to be digestible for both you and potentially mm. the person that you're setting a boundary with, although it, it shouldn't be about them. Mm. But I guess if it's if it's digestible for both, it becomes something that, that both can actually accept and continue to work on. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it's coming from a place of honor. And, and whoever you're setting the boundary with, you're not responsible for their feelings. Um, you, you have no control over how they are going to react. But nevertheless, it can be done in, in a kind way. It doesn't have to be a harsh thing. It doesn't have to be a critical thing or a contemptuous thing. And, and I think it helps to process it first because otherwise one might be carrying such a lot of feelings and that one suppressed um, all the resentments that, that maybe too much comes out. Mm. And you just want to set the boundary. You don't want to make it about everything else because then it's not a boundary, it's an argument. Mm, mm. And I think it often leads to so many arguments for mm. people, but it's, it's so, I think it's so helpful to think about boundaries also in a, in a very gentle and kind way. Mm. Um, and like, as, as we were saying, yes, it's not about the other person necessarily, but I think that sometimes also because it comes with so much resentment and the intensity of emotions that, that goes with it, it's kind of like, it's wrong that you expected this of me. And so I'm setting the boundary because you're a bad person. Mm. That's kind of mm. the message that you, you often receive. And so it's hard for the other person that's on the other end of the, the spectrum or like not the other end of the spectrum, but on the receiving end mm. to kind of when someone's going, I'm setting a boundary, this is, this is not okay. When it was the system that kind of allowed for that to happen. And it's not just a person that was, pushing the boundary but it's also you who allowed that boundary to be violated so it's both people being responsible in that interaction mm. um and so like i think that it's it's a if it's kind and if it's gentle it becomes something that people don't necessarily feel they have to defend so much mm. they don't have to defend why they needed that from you or why they were taking that from you and why it was something that they almost enjoyed or benefit from yeah absolutely i mean setting a boundary is not an attack yeah it's not personal it's not meant to wound then then you're really not you, you know you you're not setting a boundary you're doing something else entirely and and that's a whole other story setting a boundary is simply setting a boundary and and it's about you it's about the person setting the boundary it's i i would like it's never you are, you did. It's just about I. And, and that's what makes it, the delivery, quite important. And it helps to practice a little bit. And it helps to work through what, what you really are feeling. 
and and it's it's good to actually then not to le- not let yourself get to that point again then you realize just how harmful it is not to have boundaries because then you realize just how much you're carrying because mm-hmm. when you really unpack it you know there, there there are a lot of feelings there and boundaries can sometimes look like rescuing but then they can go into that like Kaufman's triangle you know where where you you rescue somebody you know but at the end of the day you end up persecuting them you end up so angry and it doesn't th- that doesn't work well for anybody but so it's so ironic how a lot of times the very thing that you're trying to avoid by not having boundaries are the thing that you actually end up mm. experiencing so mm. you don't set a boundary because you're worried that this person might reject you for example but then by not setting a boundary and you becoming resentful, you experience rejection in any case, just mm. kind of via a different route. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You, you almost elicit what, what you fear the most. Mm. So that, that very behavior, and, and I think that at the end of the day shows how natural boundaries are and how essential they are, because without them, this is what ends up happening. Mm. And and many other unhealthy behaviors as well. Mm. Shelley, the the other thing that I wanted to ask you about was if it's if we can say like the the majority of people who fall into the category of being people pleasers, I think we can assume that that group of people likely struggle with setting boundaries. Mm. But what else can we kind of identify or where else can we see that people struggle to set boundaries so for example my thinking with this is can a person who is actually a high performer at work but not necessarily a pleaser maybe like the more competitive person Mm. can they struggle with boundaries can the um, person that needs to always like be the best do the best Um, like I'm thinking about that example specifically now but I'm wondering can it actually look different than just the this person is always saying yes and so they struggle with boundaries yeah I mean I think that's where you you get into boundaries with self okay it's very hard to operate at that level all the time without having some consequences so so that's when sometimes people will override their natural limits for for basic biological needs like sleep and rest so the boundary might not be between them and another. They might not be doing it um, because they can't say no to their boss. They might be doing it for other reasons. But once again, then it goes deeper. Like, what are those reasons? You know, um, it might again be linked to worth. So, so once again, it's a boundary violation due to a lack of self-worth or, or, or lack of self-esteem that then needs to be compensated for through overachieving, for example. Mm. possibly if if it's not healthy so that would be a a boundary yeah between the person and themselves uh where they they work their hours are way too long and they don't listen to what's going on inside of them but eventually a few months down the line they are feeling like running away they're feeling exhausted they have no energy and then we we can actually you know, work it back to to those times that actually they kept on and kept on when mm. they should have stopped. Mm. Yeah, but so it, it's kind of also sometimes saying no to yourself. 
yeah. um, that no, it's not necessary or no, mm. this is not something that I mm. I need to be doing to, to mm. prove that I'm good enough or that I'm worthy. Yeah, to, to examine why am I doing this? Mm. Why do I need to do it? And it's not to say it's always going to come from a negative place. It, it might not. But if you're noticing, um, you know, a pattern, then awareness is good. Mm-hmm. Looking, just looking at it and saying, why do I need to be doing this? And do I still feel as good about myself if I don't do this? Mm-hmm. And if you don't, then you need to, to look at that a bit more deeply. Shelley, the, the other thing that I wonder about is um, maybe families or relationships that tend to be codependent mm. and and what the lack of boundaries kind of, what the function is of the, the lack of boundaries. Mm. What's your thoughts on that? So codependency, I think the term originated from um, looking at addiction, addiction mm. in families. And there we really do have a lot of boundary issues. So if we look at what codependency is, it's basically somebody feeling they need to be somebody else's savior. They need to rescue the other person. They need to save the other person from their consequences. So so generally speaking, the, the person who's addicted is the one that needs to be saved from their consequences. And the enabler is the other party that steps in and does everything for them so basically that's a very fundamental lack of boundaries that that is you you know I'd say on the you know we get boundaries with a small b and boundaries with a big b yeah you know and and (laughs) that is that is definitely with a big b then then we're looking more more at something quite dysfunctional Mm. and that can take a tremendous toll on on people and you know, I definitely needs that needs to be looked at in, in a therapeutic setting. I think that would be helpful. But even reading books like Codependent No More, um, those books are incredibly helpful. And there are a lot of websites um, for codependency. And, you know, you, st- you start to look at, at the red flags. Um, am I feeling somebody else's feelings for them? Uh, do I know where I end and another begins do I feel responsible for somebody who's not responsible for their own behavior and do I keep giving and giving and it really is not working Mm. so so that those are are very very big red flags when when it comes to codependency and, and even when it comes to enmeshment you know so so once again that that's that's a case where where you People are not allowed to individuate. They're not allowed to be themselves in relationship. They're not allowed to change. So roles are not allowed to change. When a child grows up, a parent might expect the same kind of relationship with their adult child as when the child was young. And then there's a lot of anxiety around that uh, when people separate out. So those are very, very deep things that happen. Mm-hmm. I think that often a lot of this happens with kids in their childhood where um, there is no separation individuation that that doesn't that process doesn't necessarily happen uh, I read this book um, I can't remember now who the the author was I want to say Nancy McWilliams but maybe not um the book is will I ever be good enough mm. and it's about it's specifically written 
kind of these case studies of daughters of narcissistic mothers. And what was what was so interesting to me, what they described there was that in that kind of dynamic, the parent would prescribe to the child how they're feeling mm. and how that influenced them. And, and I guess that that's a, a lack of boundary or violating their boundary to say, no, you're not feeling upset. You're just feeling jealous. And so you need to deal with that feeling um, or you need to do this and this, but you are not, a, what they're basically saying is you're not allowed to be upset. Mm. And so there's this prescription of mm. this is how you're feeling. This is how you are thinking and and like you as a separate individual from me is not recognized at all. Mm. I mean, that, that is an utter violation of selfhood. Mm. You know, that that's a great illustration of how somebody loses touch with themselves mm. and at, 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 a, at such a fundamental level of, of their own feelings. So definitely in cases like that, um, in cases where, where children are parentified, you know, that that is a a boundary reversal, if I can even think mm. of it that way, you know, where where there should be boundaries in 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 one direction, there aren't. They they flipped, and the child has to take care of the parent long before that child is ready to or able to. And then when that child becomes an adult, then that is what they know. That is possibly the only way they have learned how to be in relationships is mm. is as a caretaker. Mm. I want to ask you also about the contrary, Shelley, um, because I think that that's something, there's so many resources on the um, on setting boundaries, and I think it's something that that's, people are very aware of. But then what about where people set boundaries too firmly mm. or where it becomes this kind of thing? I've noticed this notion of people almost using it as a way to avoid so it's kind of like I don't want to do that. My boundary is that that I'm I don't feel comfortable mm. with that. But there's certain things in life that kind of is expected of us, mm. or like I'm thinking in terms of of work, um, where yes, you you are allowed to have boundaries with not having to work all the time and not being available all the time, and like but. But then, and I, I don't want to generalize, but I kind of see it a lot in younger people where there's this almost like, but I don't, I don't have to do this for school or I don't have to do this for work because that's my boundary. Um, like, how do we navigate having it at a balanced level mm. where it's not something that we kind of can start using as an excuse to just, I don't feel like doing this. Yeah, I mean, that, that's why we talk about healthy boundaries, mm. because the, those sound like unhealthy boundaries, you know. So so when um, boundaries are used to avoid responsibilities, I mean, that's not necessarily a boundary. They, they are not using the right concept. They're not uh, using the right word. That um, that falls more under, you know, shirking responsibility or, you know, avoiding what needs to be done. So, so boundaries have to sit in, in the healthy middle um, in terms of um, rigidity and, and flexibility. So if they are too rigid, then we, you know, it can be called sort of counter-dependency in, in a sense. Mm -hmm. Then people can become very withdrawn and that, that is not healthy. You know, we, we need connection. We, Boundaries are to help connection, not not to stop connection. They are to facilitate connection. 
Oh, wow. That's so, like, I love the way that you're saying it. I think it's so powerful. Yeah, they, they're not there to push people away. Boundaries are not walls. Mm-hmm. So, so basically, we need, to, we need to look at that. So, so it almost fits in a little bit with attachment styles. I mean, I don't want to sort of superimpose one on the other. But in a sense, very rigid boundaries fit in with an avoidant attachment style. And that is like avoiding vulnerability. So, so once again, it's about communicating. It's about saying, I need space. Um, not about blaming anybody else for being too much, but saying at this point in time, I'm the one who needs space to kind of, you know, re-regulate myself. Um, sometimes uh, very porous boundaries might look like anxious attachment, a little bit like we need, we need, we need reassurance all the time. We're afraid of rejection. And, and secure attachment might look like a healthy boundary. Mm. We, we can be on our own and we can connect. So, so that's really what we're looking for. But I think to, to bring it back to what you were saying, um, let's just say sort of in younger generations, they don't want to do their homework, they don't want to do this or that, um, then that's, that's your boundary with yourself. That's when you have to experience your own consequences. So fine, don't do your assignment. As long as your mom doesn't come and do it for you or nobody sort of um, fills in for you, you will experience your consequences. So... So in a sense, that's your boundary with yourself. Ba- boundaries with self is about self-discipline. Mm-hmm. We need to also be able to be disciplined with ourselves, to be able to have an agreement with ourselves about what we want to achieve, how we want to be. And, and that includes action and non-action. But so there's, like, it's our right to have boundaries, but that comes with, a responsibility mm. as well yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely mm. Shelley I, I have one last thing that I, mm. I just also want to touch on um or that I want to ask you because as we were th- speaking I was thinking about the whole avoidance and boundaries I wonder if avoiding setting boundaries also helps us to avoid having to feel uncomfortable feelings and mm-hmm. so if it if it's almost a mechanism for people to use that well if I don't set boundaries then I don't have to deal for example with my own anger or I don't have to deal with my own disappointment mm. or whatever those real uncomfortable feelings are that we might be sitting with oh, absolutely absolutely I mean definitely when we don't set boundaries we are avoiding we, we're not just avoiding uh, you know the encounter with another person we're really avoiding ourselves so we're avoiding actually saying, this is what I feel, this is what I need to do about it. And then those feelings sit there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, then, then we know what happens. Uh, you know, depression or anxiety or illness or, or you know, all, all sorts of things happen. So, yes, we're avoiding encountering what we are actually feeling mm-hmm. and, and that discomfort. Mm-hmm. Do you have any um, resources that you can suggest to people? You mentioned a book earlier um, and you've mentioned Instagram accounts. Is there anyone specifically that you follow or any useful resources that you have? So so I've just um, read a book called um, How to Reclaim Yourself, um, Setting Boundaries and Setting Yourself Free. I, I think the author is Ned, Nedra Tawab, and she she's also on Instagram. She she's really good, 
And the one I've just started following is called Boundary Bootcamp with Molly Davis. And she's also very, very good. And this is, these are two resources where, you know, they, they've caused me to think a lot and where I've got a lot of my ideas from. So, yeah, the, those two are, I highly recommend. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. I just want to also, as we end off, mention um, kind of like I almost want to put a bit of a disclaimer on because mm. I think that that boundaries are a, a very um, important topic, but I think that it's also something that can be, as we've said, very hard for people. But that's also because people judge themselves. So mm. there's this almost this notion of or this assumption, let me rather say, where people assume if you are it's strong people that's able to set boundaries and you are weak if you can't set boundaries. Mm. And and so then there's this judgment that comes with it to say, oh, you're such a softy because you can't set boundaries or like you are, you're weaker. And and I think that, that that's a big inner struggle that a lot of people might experience. So mm. my thoughts is kind of just to almost put that disclaimer on. Mm. It's not necessarily the case and that there's actually so much power in that vulnerability and there's there's it's not it doesn't have to be a case of like so what's wrong with me because I struggle to set boundaries it's really about setting that judgment aside and looking at it as information Mm. of how can I learn about myself and what I value and what what my beliefs are what what my rules are for life basically that I've set for myself and start with those small steps, as you said, with what we can change and, and what mm. feels doable, mm. as opposed to I need to be this strong, um, assertive individual that can just say no to everyone. Because th- that there's so- something so wrong with mm. that idea. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. You know, there, there, there are assumptions made that... If we can't set boundaries, we're weak. Mm. And I think that's where understanding oneself is so important. To to realize the place it comes from, um, like I said in the beginning, we, we are all born boundaried. And through life experiences, they become difficult to, to set and they get obscured. But also we all have different personalities. Some of us are more soft-spoken, some of us are more shy, some of us are more compassionate. We are all different. That's where our boundaries have to come from, who we are. So it doesn't have to look a certain way. It doesn't have to be a loud no. It can be anything that we need it to be that is saying, this is my limit. And I think we need to be very, very compassionate with ourselves. We, we really do because it is not being able to set a boundary is so complex. It's not, it's, it's not just this black and white thing, strong, weak. It's a very, very complex thing that you need to walk with yourself through the process of then being in a position to do it in a very compassionate way. There's nothing judgmental about it. Mm. Shelley, thanks so much for your time. I'm wondering, any final thoughts or anything that we didn't touch on? Are you good for a send-off there? I just wanted to say one one last thing, Mm -hmm. is that if uh, we're saying set boundaries and and sometimes in in toxic relationships, it's very, very important to set boundaries. But if 
you are in a toxic relationship and it's in any way not a safe relationship, then I suggest you seek some therapy and get some help in setting boundaries in those kind of circumstances. Mm. I know I keep on saying that, like I end off and then I go <laughs> on again. But um, I think it's also just important with what you, you mentioned now that we need to evaluate if a mm. relationship is actually worth it to set boundaries for in. sure and and what i mean by that mm. as well is kind of like you need to reevaluate if that if that person has the the capacity to work on boundaries mm. with you because i definitely think there's relationships that really evolve and where both parties rediscover parts of themselves and can really connect and it can be a, a space as you said to move closer and mm. um and create that connection between two people but the contrary can also be true where if you are in an in a abusive relationship that's extremely abusive to the extent where your life is maybe mm. at risk setting a boundary mm. is going to make you even more unsafe for sure and so it, it's not saying mm. you need to accept and kind of just stay there forever but it's about reevaluating what setting that boundary mm. would mean and if it's better to not necessarily set the boundary but just completely mm. remove yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, not every relationship can be salvaged. And and sometimes it's not about setting boundaries, but it's it's evaluating whether or not you, you really can be in that relationship. But um, that's something that it's helpful to have a third party to chat that over with. Mm -hmm. Thanks so much for your time, okay. Shelley. It's a pleasure, Crystal. Okay. Thanks. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to follow or subscribe on your desired platform. I will be so grateful if you're willing to take the time to rate this podcast so that you can continue to learn more about various topics related to your mental health and well-being.